Welcome to the Key Wealth Matters podcast, a series of candid conversations with leading experts about how individuals and organizations can grow and protect their finances, tailored around current events and trends. Here's your host for today's podcast, Brian Peterangelo. Welcome to the Key Wealth Matters weekly podcast, where we casually ramble on about important topics, including the markets, the economy, human ingenuity, and almost anything under the sun, giving you the keys to unlock the mysteries of the markets and investing. Today is Friday, August 26th, 2022. I'm Brian Peterangelo, and welcome to the podcast. With me today, I'd like to introduce our dynamic duo of investing experts here to provide their insights on this week's market activity. We've got Steve Haight, Head of Equities, and Rajiv Sharma, Head of Fixed Income. As a reminder, a lot of great content is available on key.com slash wealth insights, including updates from our Wealth Institute on many different subjects, and especially our Key Questions article series addressing a relevant topic for investors each Wednesday. For this week's economic data, we had a few major reports centered around GDP, consumer spending, and inflation. So data released last month as the first estimate for real GDP for the second quarter of 2022 showed a decline of 0.9%. And yesterday, the second estimate was revised upward to a decline of only 0.6%. Consumer spending data out this morning showed some mild slowing versus last month. And the core personal consumptions expenditures index, otherwise known as PCE inflation, which excludes food and energy and is the preferred measure of inflation for the Fed, showed month over month increase in July of only 0.1% versus 0.6% in June. And then the year-over-year increase of 4.6% in July, which was lower than the 4.8% in June. Both numbers indicating signs that inflation may be peaking. Initial unemployment claims for the prior week came in at 243,000, which has been at a consistent level for many weeks now, which is favorable in that we're not seeing incremental increases in unemployment claims yet. And finally, as we speak today, Kansas City Fed is hosting their annual economic policy symposium in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, with Chairman Powell providing his comments. So, Rajiv, let's kick off the conversation with some of your observations and insights with regard to the economic data as it relates to Fed policy and what the Fed might do as far as interest rates. Right, Brian. I mean, I think that uh, we uh, we were anticipating the speech uh, by the Fed Chair Powell. Uh, we have seen economic data over the last few weeks, uh, which kind of made the market anticipate that maybe the Fed is going to slow down, maybe they're They'll have more of a dovish message. Maybe they're going to be ready to pause sometime next year. Uh, I think Fed Chair Powell had to come into this uh, speech today at Jackson Hole Symposium and come out there pretty strong with a hawkish statement. And that's exactly what he did. He came out there and he made a speech and he reiterated where the Fed stands uh, in the right rate hiking cycle. As expected, the Fed, uh, uh, the Fed Chair restated the resolve for non, uh, tightening monetary policy to fight inflation. And the tone was hawkish. And there are a couple of very important points from his speech that I thought uh, really are dictating where the market's going this morning. Uh, First, he said the size of the September rate hike, it really hinges on data, uh, totally on data. So again, reiterating the fact that the Fed is looking at uh, being data dependent, and they're going to continue to do that. Uh, Regardless of what that last uh, CPI print was, even though it was lower than market expectations, uh, the Fed still has their resolve that we're nowhere near that 2% inflation uh, rate that they're looking at their target for. So they'll continue to raise rates until they get there. They also reiterated that restrictive policy is going to be there for some time. So again, this is very important because the market is really anticipating maybe in September 50 basis points, 
Uh, I think this puts 75 right back on the table again. Uh, they stated, uh, he stated in his speech today that uh, there might have to be another outsized uh, rate hike uh, for the next meeting. So again, 75 is back on the table again. And he also reiterated that uh, history cautions against prematurely loosening, poli loosening policy. So again, it takes away some of that argument that we've been seeing that, okay, the Fed's gonna pause and there's gonna be a slowdown and maybe they'll start cutting rates sometime next year. Uh, I think we've talked about this before on the calls also that the Fed has never stated that uh, in any of their commentary in the past, neither have any Fed governors stated that. They're really trying to get the message out there that they need to continue to raise rates, they need to bring down inflation. Even if the economy suffers uh, in the process, they will continually do that. The market impact of this was very interesting. Uh, the five-year yield jumped three basis points to 3.2%. It led the treasury market sell-off as he was speaking. It indicates that we're gonna stay higher for longer. And now I think when they're looking at traders, they're anticipating 1.33% of additional tightening that's being priced for the rest of the year, if you look at the December OIS contract. So that's up from 1.29% before Powell hit the tape today. So it's gonna be really interesting to see where we end up uh, as far as what happens in September. But I think this speech was anticipated to be hawkish. Up to the speech, we've seen rates move higher in that anticipation. So it should not be a surprise of what he said in about seven to eight minutes. Uh, but I think it does put a reality check back in the market. So definitely, Steve, what do you think that means? Yeah, go ahead, yeah, Steve. I was just going to say, it definitely seems to me that the chair did a very good job of threading the needle vis-a-vis -vis market expectations. Because coming into the speech today, uh, it, it's hard to say this, but almost anything that he was going to say had the potential to be viewed as being too dovish because market the market expected him to be pretty hawkish so if he came in and was just less hawkish than the market expected we were going to we we had the potential to see um, the, the market read it as a dovish commentary. And if you look at the market reaction right now today, we're not, we're not seeing that. So um, I, I think the, the Chair Powell did a pretty good job of, of, of I, I would say, exceeding the expectations for what, uh, for, for what was necessary in order to, to get the message across. So we don't have the equity markets ripping today because we have the idea of some big dovish pivot coming, or that there's there's some kind of a, a of a of a large uh, or cutting cycle coming next year. Um, I thought it was very interesting. If you go through and you read the text, or or if you happen to listen to the speech, um, it's pretty clear that they're willing to put the economy into a mild recession in order to to meet the the goal of of taming inflation. Um, when you look at batteries of indicators about you know how far away is the economy from recession quite frankly we're pretty far uh, you know I while while the GDP numbers have come in uh, on negative anytime you look at more broad-based economic activity indices you do not see them uh, indicating recessionary, conditions. And it's the same thing when you look at the employment reports, the job situation. You don't see anything indicating recessionary conditions. And I think really what is so difficult for the market this time and the Fed is 
Because of the pandemic recovery and the impact that we've seen and the changes that that has generated economic wide, economy wide, um, work from home, you know, what's return to office like, all this kind of stuff, the, the puts and takes really have made this economic cycle different than any cycle that we've ever seen. And I think that that has created problems for not only policymakers such as the Fed, it's created problems for market participants to try to figure out exactly what the heck is going on. Um, and, and I think we're finally getting to the point where we're, where we're starting to get a pretty good grasp on this. And, and that is that you know the Fed can tighten, um, the Fed can keep rates tight for a while, but it doesn't necessarily mean the same thing that it maybe meant before for equity markets, that equity markets have to tumble for this. But it also means, I think, that we're likely not going to get the Roman candle scenario, which is the Fed cutting rates aggressively to, to, to stave off a recession in the face of uh, weaker economic activity, which, you know, if you take the other side of that trade, you, you, you could see equity markets uh, just take off. Um, I don't think that's, that's in the cards whatsoever right now. And, you know, when you look at the market today, uh, we we closed last week at 42.28. We're right now at, at roughly 40, 41.90. So uh, all of this uh, back and forth over the course of the week has resulted in a, a grand total of about 35 S&P 500 points to the downside. So it tells me the market is is done a pretty good job of digesting this already, Brian. And Steve and Rajiv, one of the things that both of you look at for those signs of whether we're headed towards a recession sooner rather than later or not is the status of credit. What are your thoughts in that area? Uh, that's a great question, Brian. I think credit has been very well behaved, especially in the month of July. We saw credit rally, high yield, investment grade. They both rallied. We have talked about it before for investment grade. When you see yields and in investment grade of 4%, uh, investors do get excited about that. I do think investors came in and bought uh, paper at that point. Uh, I do think that we're going to see some widening in credit spreads uh, as we move forward uh, starting September. And I think that's going to happen because September typically is a big month for new issuance. That's going to be a technical factor that's going to uh, move spreads wider. But I must say that credit spreads have been very well behaved uh, during the year. I mean, we're talking investment grade spreads nowhere near the peaks that we saw in 2020. Uh, we're seeing investment grade spreads maybe around 70 basis points wider on the year, which is not that bad actually for investment grade. Uh, high yield is obviously much wider, uh, but still they've been very well behaved. And I think a lot of this has to do with the well-capitalized nature of, of issuers. Uh, they did all the right things during the pandemic. Uh, rates went very low. They refinanced debt. They, any M&A transactions that you hear about are generally uh, being done through cash on hand, which I think is very good for the rating agencies. Default rates are very low for, for high yield. It's like 0.5%. Uh, so I really do think Spreads have the potential of moving wider into the end of the year, uh, unless we see a slowdown in new issuance. But it's it's uh, it's very very well um, behaved in this market. You know, it's been really interesting, Brian. This credit because credit has been the true tell for equity market investors over the last ten plus years, really, ever since we came out of the global financial crisis. If if you had one indicator to watch to tell you whether you should be bullish or bearish on the equity market, it's been credit. Um, we like to watch the double B minus triple B spread as an indication of risk appetite for equity investors. And what's really been interesting is the behavior over that spread over the last couple of months. So we peaked at, uh, at roughly 2.37% in uh, early July. 
Uh, and that was having risen sharply from the lows in June of, of roughly 140. Um, and then from July through mid-August, we plummeted to, to new cycle lows. I mean, we were, we were at 133 uh, as of August 11th, which is you know, below the level seen prior to the pandemic. Um, now, over the last two or three, two plus weeks, uh, we've backed up back to 164, so we are a little bit higher. So credit is a little bit uh, a little bit tighter than we have been uh, off of these lows. But let me tell you, we are not showing any signs of systemic stress whatsoever right now. And quite honestly, I think Rajiv would agree with me. The backup that we've seen over the last couple of weeks has doesn't have really anything to do with credit itself per se, but it has everything to do with the fact that we're in the middle of the doldrums of August and there's very low liquidity trading conditions. And if somebody wanted to exit any position right now, basically uh, you're, 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 you're being put in a very hard place by, by your, by your broker dealer partner, trying partner in quotation marks, trying to help you out, uh, out of the position that you're in. So it's much more about liquidity than it is, is about, you know, anything, uh, anything that, that the market is saying about, you know, how, how things are in terms of the economy right now. So one last question for you, Steve and Rajiv, you can comment certainly if you want to as well, but I know you follow housing, Steve, and a lot of the home builders and everything else, and we know inflation is a lagging indicator. So today's print on PCE showed year over year and month over month declines, meaning that the inflation rate increases have come off the boil a little bit. And a lot of the inflation is related to housing and owner's equivalent rent, Steve. What are you seeing in that uh, particular sector and market to give us some indicators? Yeah, the thing that people have to keep in mind is that the the way this owner's equivalent rent uh, survey works is it 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 also works with a lag. Uh, so uh, even though we have seen home prices come off the boil, and and while I would say that that the the market has has started the process of normalizing, we are not seeing prices decline anywhere near like what we did in two thousand eight two thousand nine. Okay, so. So we have seen prices come off at the margin. Um, when you look at the way that this owner's equivalent rent number is calculated, it's pretty much baked in the cake that you're going to continue to see it, it accelerate through year end. So uh, when people look for these inflation numbers to decline materially, um, it's you're, you're really not going to see the inflation numbers decline materially until we get into next year, if that, uh, because th these these uh, price increases that we've seen in the past 12 months for home prices, even though you've got moderation going on now, you don't have a collapse. So you're going to see those numbers flow through to higher OER numbers. Um, so I, I think that you're, you're likely going to see uh, some of these numbers exit the year still roughly at 6% on the inflation rate, um, irrespective of what the Fed does. So uh, we're this inflation problem is going to be with us for a long time. And I think that's what Chair Powell was alluding to directly today. There's much more wood to chop. So Rajiv, I'll give you the last baton. Any closing remarks? Uh, I think that uh, we, we stated it here on the call, and I think that uh, Fed Chair Powell uh, did his job today of uh, reiterating uh, the Fed's messaging. I think uh, I agree with Steve completely that uh, there is a lot more wood to chop. And I think until we get there, the Fed is in play. Uh, and if we can continue to see rate, rate hikes, uh, we should be prepared for that. And I think uh, one thing we've been advocating for is up in quality trades and remaining shorter in duration. I think that, that messaging continues from our side. 
Rajiv, one quick question for you. Do you have, does this uh, change your perception of where the terminal Fed funds rate is? And that's the, the peak of the, the rate hiking cycle. Uh, that's a great question. I think that right now I stay with my uh, 325. I think that's where we're going to end up. Uh, I don't think that changes the needle on this uh, messaging today. Uh, but I did hear a lot of Fed governors talk this week about um, the neutral rate and where that should be. And uh, I think there's a lot of disconnect between different members. There was a time when they were saying 275 a few months ago, and now you're seeing over 3%. So Stephen Rajiv, thanks for your insights. We appreciate it. And thanks for our listeners for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe to the Key Wealth Matters podcast through your favorite podcast app. As always, past performance is no guarantee of future results, and we know your financial situation is personal to you. So reach out to your relationship manager, portfolio strategist, or financial advisor for more information, and we'll catch up with you next week to see how the world and the markets have changed and provide those keys to help you achieve your financial success. The Key Wealth Matters podcast is produced by the Key Wealth Institute. The Key Wealth Institute is comprised of a collection of financial professionals representing key entities, including key private bank, key bank institutional advisors, key private client, and key investment services. Any opinions, projections, or recommendations contained herein are subject to change without notice and are not intended as individual investment advice. This material is presented for informational purposes only and should not be construed as individual tax or financial advice. Bank and trust products are provided by Key Bank National Association, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. Key private bank and key bank institutional advisors are part of Key Bank. Investment products, brokerage, and investment advisory services are offered through Key Investment Services, LLC, or KISS, member of FINRA, SIPC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Insurance products are offered through Key Corp, Insurance Agency USA, Incorporated, or KIA. KISS and KIA are affiliated with Key Bank. Investment and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not bank guaranteed, may lose value, not a deposit, not insured by any federal or state government agency. KeyBank and its affiliates do not provide tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult their personal tax advisor before making any tax-related investment decisions. This content is copyrighted by KeyCorp 2022.